On front page with me this morning, Annabelle Lee Malijakini, journalist, and uh, Ahmad Sohail Ahmad Atnan, journalist with the news desk at Berita Harian. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, uh, so this is big news. Um, Youth and Sports Minister Said Sadiq Said Abdurrahman has deemed groups threatened to get children in vernacular schools to skip classes to protest against the Jawi lessons as Bodo Sombong. And of course, um, you know, now that group um, uh, want him to retract that remark or be sued by them. So, you know, first of all, as a minister, should you even be name calling? Your thoughts, Annabelle? Um, okay, I think before we get to the name calling, I think it's important to understand kind of why Syed Sadiq sounds so frustrated, right? I mean, if you read his tweet and you read his subsequent kind of replies to people who commented on, you know, why he used Bodo Sombong, he sounds really, really frustrated because on one hand, the government has engaged with a lot of these vernacular school groups and, you know, given a lot of concessions, they've halved the lessons, they've made it optional, you know, now the PTAs, the PIBG can decide what they want to do. But at the same time, the, the groups have continued to um, oppose this, which I also believe is their freedom of speech to be able to voice their views you mm. can't just label people something uh, especially when you're in position of power when they disagree with you because that in many ways can be read as intimidation so i think right. um if they really want to have a proper conversation about this uh, a measured conversation about this that doesn't explode in every way then i guess using labels like this does not help you know talk about it right <laughs> what are your thoughts uh, sohail well i think it becomes an issue because it's from a minister. I think if I call the the, the, the group Bodo or Aragon or something like that, I think it, it's, it's okay. Because I have to say that whatever this group, uh, their demand is okay because mm-hmm. they want they just want to meet, to discuss with the, the ministry. But the way they do it, you know, uh, taking the children's education into their, you know, you're, you, you're asking for them to skip classes, that's just stupid and arrogant mm. you know I, I think the word arrogance is the, the foolish, right word for them foolish arrogant yes yeah. but it's just because it's come from a, a minister so it's right. become an issue uh, do you feel there should be some action taken by Pakatan Harpan against Said Sadiq definitely no this is a very small matter it's just someone saying things it's not even a vulgar word I mean I've heard you know? worse but yes. uh, your thoughts Annabelle <laughs> I, I, I agree with Sohail I don't think this warrants like yeah. serious discipline it's not action. a discipline but, but, but I do want to note that I think a lot of people look up to Said Sadiq for yes. being kind of the progressive voice right mm. I think a lot of people young and old look to him for that and I think um, people really hope that he doesn't kind of succumb to the way things have been done and I think more than anything, this will hurt Said Sadiq's reputation as a yes. minister. Yes, yeah. his image. Yeah. All right. And it looks like PKR Vice President Zuraida Kamaruddin has dismissed the claim that the Prime Minister is losing support uh, within uh, Pakatan Harapan. In your opinion, do you think that our Prime Minister has lost the confidence of his colleagues? Sohail? Well, if you take counts of the grassroots members, among them, uh, I think yes, maybe some of them but if among the leaders, I don't think so because it will be very childish to just lose confidence and uh, not giving support to him because he's not doing that bad, you know. But yes, among uh, the members, especially among DAP and PKR and Amana, I think maybe they are questioning uh, PM's uh, motive or agendas on certain issues like on Zakir Naik issues mm-hmm. and on reforms issues because the government... 
uh, under uh, Prime Minister right now has not done so much in terms of reforms. Right, and there's always that term that's being bandied about, U-turn, U-turn. But yes. About, yeah. Uh, Annabelle, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with Sohail to an extent. I don't think, I don't see any indicators of a loss of confidence among, say, Harapan ministers or Harapan politicians per se. Uh, the grassroots, it might be another issue. But also, I think we've been seeing a lot of uh, kind of Harapan backbenchers that have been kind of voicing their disagreements with a lot of the Prime Minister's decisions, like mm-hmm. when he called, you know, Dong Zong racist, mm-hmm. when they decided on Linus, on, on Zakinai as well, you know, the decisions not to deport him. And personally, I feel that it's healthy. I think it's important to not just have people saying yes, yes, yes mm-hmm. all the time. The Prime Minister, like anybody else, can be questioned. Right. And uh, would seeing a little infighting within the ruling coalition actually cause support for PH to waver among Malaysians in general? What are your thoughts? Mm, well, if you look at like kind of the numbers, right? The, like Mudeka Center, Harapan's kind of approval rating from last from May nine last year has dropped from like eighty percent, which was like crazy high, to now it's about forty percent, which is like half. So that's one thing, right? Um, I don't think it's so much about the infighting. I mean, that's not really consequential. That's not a yeah. deal breaker, as they call mm-hmm. it. I think it's much more like so. How say the reforms like that people expected, and again and again we see it not happening. We see it being kind of distracted by all sorts of issues. And, and people just want an administration that they can trust. And when you promise all these things and you keep saying that you can't do it, you keep saying that it's not, a, you know, the manifesto is not set in stone. Yeah, then or people, we don't have the money. Yeah, yeah. Yes, then then yeah. people be like, okay, so should we believe anything you say? Yeah, they are yeah. frustrated right now because, okay. you know, uh, the, the, the harapan is very, very high. But <laughs> what have been done, especially on the U-turn, mm. uh, the U-turn is really, really hurt lah. Because uh, when you already done something and people already, yes, this is the changes. No, people want changes when government take over, no, new government take over. But right now, in terms of cost of livings, you know, things that are direct to the people, that uh, impact, yeah, impact directly us. to the people, hasn't changed much. Get a move on causeway congestions, urge users. We've been, you know, having congestion on Woodlands, uh, you know, a causeway for many, many decades. Uh, I guess the question is, why is it so difficult to hire more staff to man the counters? That's the big complaint. There are so many counters, but not enough people, not enough counters open. Your thoughts, Annabelle? I don't know. We have to ask the immigration, right? <laughs> but time and again, I mean, even this year, you know, Mahathir and his ministers met with Lee Sien Lung and his ministers and they were like, and I remember this in April, I think it was, they sat together and they were like, you know, we're going to solve this. We're going to delay the RTS, the rapid tra- uh, transit system, but we're going to sort out this causeway traffic and we're going to improve the infrastructure, improve the CIQ, but still, I guess, based, based on this article, if they have done any changes, um, it obviously hasn't worked as quickly as they hoped or as people hoped so I don't know I think more has to be done definitely because people are suffering mm. this every day so Hyle your thoughts well it is not easy first of all to just hire more people because uh, first of all we can see that the Pakatan uh, Harapan governments whether they admit it or not they are trying to shrink the numbers of civil servants mm. because 
it impacts a lot on the money. And to add more, it's not really easy lah. Because they they say they they got no money. Mm. And then if you just hire new people, you need to train them. It's right. Why don't you just transfer some of these? Uh, well, they say the bloat of the civil service. Just transfer them to the causeway. <laughs> I don't know. Possible, is but it, possible? it it will take times. It still need trainings because mm-hmm. some people is doesn't do that work. You know, mm. on the counters in immigration. But it is possible. Yeah, uh, could we consider expanding the causeway physically and the checkpoints as a solution to this problem? Yes, but that's uh, for a uh, long term, uh, and that's also if you want to uh, to expand the causeway, you need to discuss with Singapore also. To, so mm. that's another issue that's gonna take long time because uh, it's gonna involve whose money and something like that. But I think the the HSR project should be implemented for this to ease. What mm. happening in the causeway? But even before the HSR, I think honestly, right now, what is really on the table is the RTS, the Rapid Transit System, which is that you know elevated kind of train that is going to supposed to take you from Bukit Chaga in in yes. Johor Bahru to Woodlands North in Singapore. It's on hold right now. I think Putrajaya is trying to privatize it, trying to reduce the cost. So I think that is what I think Putrajaya is considering most at this right. point, you yes. know, rather That's than kind a of priority, ex- yeah, rather than expanding the causeway, mm. uh, they want to fix it and suppose they improve it. But I think they also want to build this train thing. Um, but yeah, they, 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 it's on hold right now. So All right, okay, something to definitely watch out for. It looks like embattled Pira Executive Council member Paul Yong Chu Kyung has finally decided to go on leave from his official duties. He was charged with raping his former Indonesian maid, claim trial at the Sessions Court on Friday. So, um, should he have just continued despite all these allegations, or was this the right thing to do? To go um, on garden leave. I mean, it is the honourable thing to do if you've been charged with a criminal offence. Too, yeah. but he protested aside. that you know yeah. he should yeah. continue. So you right? know, innocent until Working. proven guilty. I think that that principle definitely stands. But you know, when there is a criminal charge and you've been charged for it, uh, it is the right thing to step aside. Mm-hmm. I think that that is the standard. I think that people expect. Right. Mm. Yeah. I think he he should have just take a leave when he was charged in court, and when um, Menteri Besapirat says that he should take leave. Mm-hmm. You know, at the first place, I think this is not uh, voluntarily taking this leave because if it is volunteer he would have just take it you know before and the thing is that there's a lot of hypocrites people we can see after this case uh, happened because there are groups of people before this that are fighting for women's rights especially ones that have been uh, victims mm. but after this case happened some of this group just stay silent because it involves uh, party politics that they supported that mm. is hypocrites for me you know you should care more about the victims you know yes she must be traumatized right well i mean if it happened if it, yeah, happened. If it, it happens happened, yeah. yes alleged mm. victims uh, yes mm. okay now had he i guess continued to um you know uh, work uh, would you personally be willing to work with someone whose reputation has already been tainted in, in something like this okay, I think reputation is a very delicate thing and especially mm. when you're a politician you take everything with a big bag of salt not even a grain anymore these days um, <laughs> okay, I think first of all 
the Menteri Besar said that he was pretty happy with Paul Young's work as an ex-go. Right? I don't know how his constituents saw him. I don't know if the Perak people were happy with him. Uh, you know, personally, I don't live in Perak. So um, I think that is one thing. But I think, of course, fundamentally, people should be regarded as innocent until proven guilty. He has been... Of course, this charge kind of hangs over his head. Yes. It's rape, you know, pretty a pretty serious charge. So I think that has to be definitely taken in, into account. But I think another... another I think point of this case has always been about Paul Young, but we have not heard at all from the the victim yes. or the alleged victim in this case, which is his an Indonesian um, domestic worker. And we know at least some people believe her because now the Indonesian embassy is kind of speaking on her behalf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that is an important factor to take into account as well. Yeah, yeah because me personally, I, I'm definitely going to be sceptical if I'm going to have to work with him, you know. Mm. Yes, of course, fundamentally, innocent until proven guilty. But uh, we must un- understand that generally, AG Chambers is not going to put a charge if they do not believe that the crimes doesn't happen or they don't have enough proof. So when the AGC bring it to court, it means that they believe it happens. They are going to right. fight for the alleged victims. So understanding that, if I'm going to have to work with him, I'm gonna yeah. definitely going to be sceptical. That's why it is the smartest move for, for him, him to, go, to and go, leave. go on leave. But also, I think in all cases, I mean, no two cases are the same. In this case, there's a new factor, we don't know how true it is, yes. of political <laughs> conspiracy, right? right? Now, you know, Paul Young is saying that someone was paid 100,000 ringgit to convince, I think, the domestic worker to, 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 to file this rape claim against him. So we don't know if it's true. And I think yes. Malaysians are not unfamiliar with political conspiracies the past 20 years (laughs) we've seen so many Um, so I think that's an important factor and I I believe most Malaysians when they read this and they see this case they know it's not as simple you know there's a few things involved okay now what happened at the KL International Airport should serve as a wake-up call for stakeholders Um, that technical glitch you know left people kind of really delayed on their flights uh, the last couple of days uh, over the weekend Um, (laughs) and uh, I know it's not a laughing matter especially if you were kind of waiting to you know so sorry our condolences <laughs> yes okay well since Visit Malaysia Year is just around the corner uh, Visit Malaysia 2020 how can KLIA prevent something like this from happening again your thoughts Annabelle I think many people are you know asking why there was not kind of like a backup system yes. or like a you know contingency plan you know I mean MAHB owns almost all airports in Malaysia and uh, you would expect they would be prepared for something like this, even though it was the first time, you know. So I think um, you definitely need a contingency plan, uh, you know, if mm. something like this happens. It almost saying that if uh, there are cyber attacks happening, you just can't do anything. It's something mm. like, almost thing like mm. that, you know, because this is a this is not just a technical glitch, you know. This is a very serious issues, you know. And they say that it is because of network equipment failure or something. Yeah. Come on. It's not that easy. A, a network equipment just go down simply like that. For you two know? entire airports. Yes. Right. Well, you both are journalists. Have you found out <laughs> what the story was behind this glitch? Well, as of right now, they are no. very secretive right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. no words just yet. But they they can't just, oh, we have already replaced the equipment, so everything go back to normal. No. Yeah, we need you to know. You have to know what really happened. You have to take action if there's involved some 
carelessness. I think the Transport Ministry has yeah actually set up kind of a committee to look into this, to find out actually what happened, how could this happen. But now, you know, MEHB is saying that they're not ruling out malicious kind of intent, right? right? This mm-hmm. could be, you know, some kind of conspiracy. Uh, of course, we don't know that's true. Yes. Um, but I mean whatever it is I think they need a definitely need a contingency mm-hmm. plan so yes, you know in the, the event future. of si- real cyber attacks you know which we know is very real in the world mm-hmm. that we live in today that they are prepared because we watch a lot of Hollywood films <laughs> 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 well um, Annabelle and Sohail thank you so much for joining me this morning on Front Page thank you Shaz